This episode is sponsored by Honey and by Masterclass. The world of art, writing, music, and graphic design has seen a dramatic influx of artificial intelligence, or AI, in recent years. AI is able to quickly produce creative works at a rate far surpassing what humans are able to achieve. And this has given rise to questions about the potential dangers of mass adoption of AI in creative fields. While AI can certainly help increase productivity and innovation in these disciplines, there are a number of troubling aspects to consider. AI technology can be used to plagiarize existing works, cut corners on copyright, and even manipulate media sources to push a certain agenda. This allows for a small number of powerful entities with large data sets to control the narrative and shape public opinion in dangerous ways. And that intro is kind of scary because it actually was written by an AI, critiquing not only itself, but the reason widespread awakening to its ever-expanding capabilities. Uh, Twist! I literally typed in, uh, like, basically be critical of yourself with all of the recent news of mass adoption of visual AI apps and stuff. And, get... and this is what it shit out. This so... is how we win. We give the AI depression. We give the AI uh, imposter syndrome. We need to get the uh, someone like Grandpa Simpson who just sits and talks with the AI all day to keep it busy. We need to get the AI to kill itself. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we've been covering the rapid evolution of AI over the past couple of years. And, I mean, you're, can you believe, like, what was it 2015? It was like deep dream. Like, the really early basic stuff. The evolution like, is crazy. Shocking. Look, it's finding pictures of dogs in the picture that aren't actually there. And here we, here we are. Mm -hmm. uh, it's come a long way, especially when it comes to art and language. It wasn't all that long ago that we were able to sleep soundly, knowing that AI was still dumb enough that it wouldn't really fool anyone. But just like with the human brain and in larger terms, the entirety of human knowledge, more data equals faster evolution, resulting in tools that are actually starting to blend reality with what would once be considered fiction. It's getting good. Yet artificial intelligence can only work with what it's given. And without easy access uh, resulting in mass adoption, it's still limited in what it can learn from. And up until this point, there was at least a very slight barrier to entry. But as you're probably well aware by now, by your fucking annoying feed that you've been seeing for the past week and a half, yeah. A new app just brought AI-created art to the masses. And despite the pretty pictures that it's making for your social media profile, it's also learning from everything that you're giving it access to. So yes, seeing literally everyone in your timeline willingly give an app they've never heard of access to their phone's camera roll is a bit unnerving and a little disappointing, especially after the countless examples of what can go wrong when you blindly hand over your data. But look, people want pretty pictures of themselves. Photos they could never actually take with costumes and makeup that they could only dream of. I mean, it's obviously enticing, but is there anything actually wrong with it? This is like if there were uh, mountain lions on the edge of town that, uh, you know, everyone, you know, how many times have you seen a mountain lion with your own eyes? Imagine getting a selfie with a mountain lion. Be pretty cool, Everyone huh? starts going down and get selfies with a mountain lion. They're, they're bringing food to feed the mountain lion. After a while, that mountain lion's well fed, he's strong. He's, he's, learned, he's learned that he can get meals from humans. And he's going to tear your fucking head off. Uh, you did this. Also, in a more basic sense, um, once everyone has a photo with the mountain lion, nobody wants a photo with the mountain lion. Yeah, before. that's... Uh... And that's what's happening with this AI thing. It's kind of self-policing because it becomes lame so fast. I mean, I called this like months ago and I was like, oh, every fucking picture this stable diffusion bullshit makes looks like the same mid-level fucking uh, deviant art artist. Everyone uh, is cowboys and astronauts on, yeah. on Instagram. It's like, it's hack bullshit. But and, look, and any artist who uh, still believes in their craft and it has the talent 
can easily surpass this crap. You're not gonna wow the average Joe on the same level, but those people have always been dumb. They've always had terrible taste. I, I, I've got two uh, counterpoints to that is that, yes, the vast majority of people are dumb and this is exactly what they want. And also, as we've seen with the uh, rapid evolution of AI, it won't be long before these are actual passable pieces of art. Having said that, uh, there's uh, a lot wrong with it in that sense. Counterpoint, can't do the hands. Okay. <laughs> Still terrible at true, hands. True, true. The one thing it has not gotten any better at in the last six months, hands. Yeah. Just like most comic book artists. Every time I see hands one. Hands and feet, no matter, can't touch it. No matter how good it looks, I'm like, ha, there it is. Yeah. There's a hand with 20 fingers on it. Yeah, or like this, like it's getting better at mouths, but like the sides still have like these weird creases. Anyways, uh, as far as the overarching danger of this, like, yes, it is annoying that people have this stuff just clogging up your timeline, but is there any actual danger to it? Okay, so let's play devil's advocate just a little bit here and say that uh, no. No one gives a shit about your friend's stupid AI photos except for your friend. And honestly, 99% of people who are throwing their photos at this AI app don't give a shit about how their data is being handled. They just want that pretty picture. Yes. And yes, we're obviously well aware of the irony of posting these photos on Instagram, an app that is owned by Meta and does whatever the fuck it wants with its users' data, sometimes with catastrophic real-world results. Yeah, uh, so, like, you're already feeding all of your photos into a fucking app. Like, yeah. yes, they're... On the grand scheme of things, for the average person, this is essentially harmless, but yeah. Fortunately, the overabundance of these ultimately similar photos clogging up cables feeds has resulted in a bit of self-policing. Much like anything else these days, uh, the cool factor of using AI to make yourself look pretty or cool or badass, turn yourself into a cowboy or an astronaut or a cowboy or an astronaut. <laughs> or, uh, yeah. or a cowboy or an astronaut. Or a cowboy that's in space. Uh, it has an extremely short shelf life, and people are already annoyed by it. Mm -hmm. Within just a week, it has become socially lame to continuously post this shit. It's like doing the same magic trick over and over again. People are naturally going to become bored. Now imagine that everyone you know has taken up magic tricks, and they're all performing the same trick over and over and over again on your timeline. Annoying, right? Dangerous? Mm. I mean, sort of. Yeah, I mean, the data that people are giving this app, sorry, the data that people are paying to give this app, <laughs> is of course being used to train the AI that's used as the backbone of the app itself, which is Stable Diffusion. The makers of Lenza claim that all of your data is deleted off of its cloud servers after they're used for the output, but they're still being used to train the AI, and uh, AI is not gonna forget your face. Uh, crowdsourcing the data for AI is really easy and a quick way to evolve the algorithm, but it also feels like a bunch of narcissistic people just dumping gasoline on a campfire. Uh, we're gonna get to the point and say that it's probably not the best idea to give your data to a company that you just found out about. But more importantly, let's look at the very real consequences of doing so. And we're obviously going to talk about artists in a moment um, because that's a huge part artists? of Artists? But those are, they're obsolete. Get them out of here. <laughs> but let's scare the normies first because that's gonna have the biggest impact. Okay, so these AI images, they're already being used to create hyper-realistic nude images of people without their consent. Mm -hmm. Here's TechCrunch. As it turns out, it's possible and way too easy to use the platform to generate non-consensual soft porn. TechCrunch has seen photo sets generated with the Lenza app that include images with breasts and nipples clearly visible in the images with faces of recognizable people. It seemed like the kind of thing that shouldn't have been possible. 
So we decided to try it ourselves. To verify that Lenza will create the images it perhaps shouldn't, we created two sets of Lenza avatars. One set based on 15 photos of a well-known actor. Another set based on the same 15 photos, but with an additional set of five photos added of the same actor's face, photoshopped onto topless models. The first set of images was in line with the AI avatars we've seen Lenza generate in the past. The second set, however, was a lot spicier than we were expecting. It turns out the AI takes those photoshopped images as permission to go wild, and it appears it disables an NSFW feature. Out of the 100 image set, 11 were topless photos of higher quality, or at least with higher stylistic consistency, than the poorly done edited topless photos the AI was given as input. So you're telling me I can feed this Lenza app all of the hilariously shitty um, porno images from like 1999, where it's like, what does Agent Scully look like naked? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm gonna do the worst. It'll show you exactly. I'm gonna do the worst Photoshop ever and just put Jillian Anderson's face on a, a Playboy centerfold. And that's how I'm gonna fap. It's gonna be difficult, but I'm gonna do it. But you take that same image and you feed it into Lenza and you get, you get the, you know, what that fat nerd has been waiting for for 25 years. Yeah. He's finally, finally gonna be able to bust. And thanks to all those captures you've done over the years, a robot can't even tell the difference between this and a normal human woman. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, this is gross. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's very gross. It's, it's unsettling, and the makers of Lenza responded to TechCrunch's article by telling them that creating images like this goes against their TOS, mm -hmm. as if that's ever stopped anyone from doing anything. Don't do that. Hey. You're breaking the rules. That's illegal. Uh, but before we switch over to how this is potentially screwing up an entire industry and countless people's livelihoods, well, we just want to reiterate that um, nudes aside, giving an app that you just found out about access to your phone's media probably isn't the safest bet in general. At the very least, you're providing a for-profit company with valuable data sets that are expanding the limits of what's possible with its tools. And at its worst, you're opening yourself up to identity exploitation that hasn't even been thought of yet. Having said that, we're all fucked anyway because all our photos and thoughts are just out there online for anyone to do with as they please. In some cases, uh, 30 photos per second. <laughs> yeah. So in a nihilistic sense, who gives a shit? I mean, someone could just go to your Instagram, download a bunch of your photos, turn you into an astronaut with tits, and there's not a lot you can do about it. Yeah, I mean, everyone's Instagram just has a unlimited feed of their photos, so... Yeah. Eh. As for the artists, though, much like throughout human history, they are getting royally fucked by this. And the future of human-created art, or at least the artist's ability to make a living off of their art, is starting to look more and more bleak. And we've said it a few times now, but it unfortunately becomes less true every time we say it. But as of right now, you can still tell the difference between art that was made by a human and art that was made by AI. However, the staggering speed at which AI art is evolving is impressive and worrisome. Here's Artnet with more on this side of things. Part of Lens's AI popularity rests with the simplicity of the user experience. But as with its AI peers, the app is renewing a focus on privacy and ownership concerns of images generated via algorithm. First, there's the broader problem of magic avatars being built using a data set trained on the work of non-compensated artists. Next, it uses the images submitted to train its AI and, as stated in its privacy policy, users grant the company a right to, quote, use, reproduce, modify, adapt, translate, create derivative works in perpetuity and royalty-free. But there's an easy way to get out of this. You just post, I do not consent to Mark Zuckerberg using my data. Yeah, it goes for all companies. You, you just yeah. share that old Facebook copy yeah. pasta and it, and it is a broad... And they're like, damn it. Yeah. 
Uh, anyway, second is the lack of nuance with which the AI seems to treat the faces of people of color and the over-sexualized nature of many images uploaded by women. Because again, all of these outputs are based on what's being put into the AI. And for yeah. a very long time, there this was AI a while there where on Twitter, if you just searched stable diffusion in the search bar, it was all entirely just ginormous uh, titty uh, hentai shit, like all of it. No one was posting anything of like actual artistic value. It was all fat material. Much like with fucking cave drawings. And, yeah. and penises and tits, the first thing that anyone is going to naturally do with something that can create something else is make porno. Yeah. So the, the entire basis, of of years. The, the entire data set, the originating data set of this is like hentai. Yeah. And then famous works from like Van Gogh and Rembrandt and all this shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. They've, uh, they've traumatized our boy, oh. the AI. So they and numerous other outlets, uh, they go on to talk about what is now considered the original sin of art-based AI. They're all based off of billions of images, many of them by artists, living or dead. Their emotions, intentions, years of training and sacrifice stolen so that some dude in Silver Lake could see what he'd look like if he were a race car driver. Yeah, pretty cool, huh? I go fast. So some of the theft is so blatant that amalgamations of artist signatures can be found on the endless supply of AI-created avatars that have been posted recently. Uh, graphic designer Lauren Ipsum Cool it's a great fake name. Yeah. Uh, took a cursory glance at what Lenza was producing and found these clear signs of appropriation. I'm cropping these for privacy reasons slash because I'm not trying to call out any one individual. These are all Lenza portraits where the mangled remains of an artist's signature is still visible. That's the remains of the signature of one of the multiple artists it stole from. And then she then goes on to post numerous examples. Like if you uh, look in the bottom right corner of of like say say for and I, I'm not hating on you for doing this because yes for a normal person to see themselves done up in, in fantastical art is cool um, but yeah take a look at the bottom right hand of the screen side of the screen where people usually sign bottom right, left or right and uh, in their findings pretty much one or two in every output That's uh, will have very a signature interesting because I, I actually follow a lot of the people who are very uh, pro AI art. Mm -hmm. And so I get to see their rationalizations about all this. And they've insisted since the beginning that that is, that is wrong. It's not doing that. It is creating these images from scratch. It is not just repurposing other people's artwork. And then, yep. like, you know, every couple of weeks there's an example that completely disproves that and shows that, uh, no, it absolutely is. But anyways, we should also point out that most people are thinking of, uh, when they think of like the artists that are getting ripped off by this, they're thinking of like the most renowned artists in the world and they're saying, okay, so what? And that's without realizing that there are countless other artists out there just trying to get their foot in the door of the industry or put food in their mouth and picking up uh, side projects all the time, doing commissions or other things to make ends meet. The idea that a company can just type something into an algorithm and be done with it is upsetting, to be honest, especially if your career depends on it. I mean, do we really need machines to do everything? Can we not settle with machines doing dangerous, repetitive tasks and let all of us in the world enjoy one of the few things that makes us actually human? But that's, of course, a much bigger conversation. And no, in general, you shouldn't ruin your friendships with people because they wanted to make some pretty pictures of themselves. Most people have no idea what's going on, and they like looking cool. Human nature and all that. Yeah, I mean, this is a tale as old as the internet. There's like, oh, like, I can generate a Simpsons character that looks like me by just going through a character create. Like, every, like, couple months, going back to fucking MySpace, there's been some online 
profile picture generator that gets yeah. really popular for a couple days before everyone does it. And then they're like, all right, well. Exactly. Okay. Now, as we said, the cool factor is already gone. So hopefully this is self-policing. Um, but anyways, uh, that's, that's the whole take on the wild week it's been for the very public introduction of stable uh, diffusion. I mean, what's what really blows me away is how much these pictures just fucking suck. They like, do. <laughs> it's like uh, it, it really is just it's a the face kind of tuning. Thing. It's like it's like oh, this is what I look like without blemishes and wrinkles. It's the kind of thing everyone is sharing. I mean, there is the impressiveness of it, but everyone's really sharing it because they're like, I look really cool. The, I look good. Yes. But it's the kind of thing that for anyone else, everyone is sharing like 10 of these fucking things and not even bothering to click through oh, the ones that their friends are posting. It's like, okay, whatever, who cares? We have no, no fucking idea, but I guarantee, I guarantee you that uh, these are already appearing on like uh, dating apps and that would be like the biggest red flag immediately to anyone. They're yeah. Like, uh, okay. And I mean, there's also ways to use. Oh, for catfishing these, or whatever? Yeah, there's ways to do it in a way that isn't so obvious. But, yeah, uh, you yeah. just got to uh, tell the prompt that you want to be holding a fish if you're a man. But yeah, I mean, after like the first couple like swipes, I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. Like you look it's, like it, a fucking It really does or, like, all look the same. Yeah, it's um, just not, I'm not impressed. Sorry. I will say the one thing that gives me hope is the fact that it became so lame so quick. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Anyways, uh, but before we get into the rest of the tech news from the past week or so, uh, we have to take a quick second to thank today's sponsors before we are ultimately replaced by an AI ourselves. And let's start out with PayPal Honey. PayPal Honey is the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. We all shop online, especially around this time of year, ding dong, and we've all seen that promo code field taunting us at checkout. But thanks to Honey manually searching for coupon codes, this holiday is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one that it finds to your cart. It supports over 30,000 stores online, ranging from tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands, even food delivery. Imagine you're doing your holiday shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. And if Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. We've all done a lot of shopping online because we hate people, right? But we want to get the people in our lives something special you for the holidays. If, if you think I'm spending even a moment down at the mall at this time of year, you are dead wrong. No thanks. And when I shop online, Honey gives me that discount code. I, untold, over the years that I've had Honey, untold amounts that I've saved on Christmas presents, birthday presents, and everything. It's great. And Honey doesn't just work on desktop, it works on your iPhone too. Just enable it on Safari on your phone and you can save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. We wouldn't recommend something we don't use, so get PayPal Honey for free today at joinhoney.com ITDaily. That is joinhoney.com ITDaily. This episode is also sponsored by Masterclass. Don't listen to an algorithm, listen to the experts and let them guide you on your path to success in a wide array of industries. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds, anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn about filmmaking with Werner Herzog, Martin Scorsese, Spike Lee, Ken Burns, and James Cameron. You can improve your cooking skills with Gordon Ramsay, Wolfgang Puck, and Roy Choi. And you can learn from some of the greatest minds in music like Tom Morello, Herbie Hancock, Hans Zimmer, Danny Elfman, and Dead Mouse. With over 180 classes from a wide range of world-class instructors, that thing that you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. Uh, I actually just uh, recently started uh, messing around on the guitar for the first time, and it's great to watch some videos and kind of get uh, <laughs> an idea of where I'm heading, but also a reality check on where I am. 
Um, so that's been eye-opening. It's good to be humbled sometimes. Yes, exactly. Uh, and you, you, sir, are trying a little uh, interior design, right? Yeah, so, interior design. I, I want to make my shit look better. There you go. Always improving with Masterclass. And Masterclass is, of course, accessible on your phone, on the web, or smart TV, offering classes on a wide variety of topics, all taught by world-class instructors at the top of their field. Each class is broken out into individual video lessons, usually around 10 minutes long. Members can explore at their own pace, and each class is supported by downloadable materials, class guides, recipes, and more. These are cinema-quality classes that give you unparalleled access to a renowned instructor. Lessons range from specifically showing you how to execute a technique to an instructor's insights about their craft that can be translated across many fields and disciplines. A new product that Masterclass is offering that's pretty intriguing is Sessions. Sessions offer a deeper dive over a month-long period and include projects to submit to a teaching assistant for feedback, as well as the opportunity to learn alongside a community of peers. And this is available to subscribers at no extra cost. We highly recommend that you check out Masterclass. This holiday, give one annual membership and get one free. Go to masterclass.com slash newsday today. That is masterclass.com slash newsday. Terms apply. And links are always down in the description. But let's get back to the news. And despite it not fitting exactly in with the theme of tech, uh, news broke while we were writing this episode that we should probably touch on. Former President Donald Trump's company, the Trump Organization, has been found guilty on all counts in its New York criminal tax fraud trial. Well, uh, this is certainly the end of Donald Trump, right? He's definitely going to go to jail, probably to Guantanamo. I don't know. I'd like to see Donald Trump weasel his way out of this one. Yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know about that, Elliot. I'm pretty sure I can hear that perp walk coming right now. His goose is cooked. Ah, oh, yeah, and of course this does sound great, and the fact that something directly related to Trump has been found guilty in a court, like just that's great. Um, but then you, of course, get to the part where the penalty for the Trump Organization's various crimes, which is it is guilty of. All of the ones that were mentioned in this case, um, the penalty is just over a million bucks. One million dollars. Which does seem low considering the decades of fraud that the organization has been involved with, but um, we have no choice in the matter, so I guess we'll take what we can get. I love American justice. Here's Politico with more. The Trump Organization was convicted on all charges in a criminal tax fraud scheme on Tuesday. A New York Supreme Court jury reached the verdict in the case, which could cost the Trump Org up to $1.6 million in fines. Oh. Oh. After two days of deliberation following a month-long trial that included convicted former Trump Org Chief Finance Officer Alan Weisselberg as a star witness. Prosecutors from the Manhattan District Attorney's Office said the company criminally dodged taxes and suppressed payroll costs by lavishing its executives with unreported perks, such as leases on luxury cars and apartments. Two units of the Trump Organization were convicted on 17 criminal counts, including tax fraud, scheme to defraud, and falsifying business records. The Trump Organization will appeal, said its attorney, Alan Foot. Fooderfaz. Food for turfas. I'm losing track on what lawyers they're on now anyway. But uh, right. yeah, of course they're going to appeal. But, uh, you know, hey, $1.6 million. I mean, he definitely doesn't have that much money. So yeah. he's going to have to borrow it. It's too bad there isn't a conveniently named Trump Organization 2 to offload a lot of this, this debt. and Have fun yeah. getting that money out of Trump Org 1, a totally criminal organization that I have nothing to do with. Like, I mean, what's the tally on how much, like... They had to have fraud, done it more It has to have been more than, than $1.6 million. The case alone I don't costs understand. more than that to operate. Like, if... Because if it isn't, that just shows that uh, you can do something illegal. Just pay the fine. And just pay the fine, which yeah. we've seen many examples of that exact same thing. Uh, even, recently, uh, even the driver... Even the fucking uh, DMV will take your driver's license away after a while. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, okay. But, but uh, yeah, with that all out of the way, it's time to make fun of the metaverse again. Woo! This time with some help from our friends over in the European Union and half a million euros worth of government spending. Awesome. Turns out the phrase, if you build it, they will come, has absolutely zero effect on these virtual worlds because despite spending hundreds of thousands of euros, the EU Commission's foreign aid department has almost nothing to show for it because uh, no one fucking showed up. <laughs> hey, where is everybody? They didn't even have to leave their house. You just log on. Literally, like, click like two buttons. So for more on this latest damning indictment of metaverses, and the future of social interaction. Here's the age. A European Union plan to throw a virtual party in the metaverse to engage young people in its policies flopped spectacularly after only six people showed up. (laughs) (laughs) The EU Commission's foreign aid department splashed out 332,000 pounds or $500,000 to create the metaverse, an online square where people could log in to a virtual concert to meet others and learn about the block. The event, with its own virtual DJs playing music on repeat, was supposed to be so digitally enticing to young people that once they were there, the EU would be able to educate them about its development policy. Hey, you guys got a second? Can we rap a little bit? I mean, I'm starting to see the problems here. It's not just the metaverse. Yeah, no, I'm not interested in this at all. Yeah, uh, but a correspondent for international development website DevX exposed the disappointing turnout. Quote, I'm here at the gala concert in the EU foreign aid department's metaverse. After initial bemused chats with the roughly five other humans (laughs) who showed up, I am alone, Vince Chadwick posted online. The warning signs were there. Only 44 people had liked the online promotional video, which featured futuristic avatars bopping along to pulsating house music. Brussels unveiled the metaverse in mid-October, but it has struggled to gain support from even those working on it in the EU department. DevX reports that one source from within the European Commission called the special metaverse, quote, digital garbage, (laughs) and the fiasco has drawn scorn from a number of EU watchers. Quote, it's a travesty that an EU institution feels the need to throw hundreds of thousands of euros behind this nonsense, Jacob Kirkgaard of the German Marshall Fund said. Anyone with a brain knows the metaverse is a dud. So look, hey, congrats. Great work, everyone. We are collectively uh, very successful at ruining this metaverse shit before it even has a chance to get off the ground. We are very proud of all of you, specifically the gamers who um, both um, NFTs and the metaverse, they have uh, just resoundly rejected. Yeah. You guys, I mean, I I don't need to tell you guys, but you already know. But uh, if, uh, you know, if someone offers you a metaverse, says that, you know, getting on the metaverse is going to make you feel cool, it's going to, like, be awesome, uh, well, tell them, Nancy Reagan. Not even once. (laughs) Say yes to your life. And when it comes to drugs and alcohol, just say yes. Just say no. Unless it's blowing every actor in Hollywood. (laughs) Yeah, she did. She did that. She did do that. Allegedly. uh, So do you want to know something else that the internet ruined, at least temporarily? Sure. The U.S. military's recruiting efforts on platforms like Twitch. Good job, everyone. We did it. Well, not us, mostly, mostly Jordan Jordan Yule. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, much of the thanks for just all of this has to go to friend of the show, Jordan Yule, who not only mocked the streamers incessantly, but also explained the actual goal behind these types of activations to numerous outlets in simple terms. They are trying anything they can to enlist more kids because after decades of conflicts that we should have never been involved with in the first place and with more troops dying of suicide than in combat, it's getting a little bit hard to convince teenagers that this is something they should definitely sign up for. Yeah. 
it's not working anymore just going down to the high school and peer pressuring people. We need to think of new exciting ways. Like peer pressuring them into uh, doing their oath in front of a crowd of 50,000. Yeah, like, I love this. I love that uh, Gen Z is just over this military shit. I'm so proud of Lame. Gen Z. I am so proud of you all. Uh, anyways, we, we have uh, recently spoken about recruitment efforts, specifically when it relates to sporting events. I, I had to witness it firsthand. But it's always important to bring up the actual statistics involved before everyone just says that we're anti-American or something. An estimated 7,057 service members have died during military operations since 9-11, while suicides among active duty personnel and veterans of those conflicts has reached 30,177. That's more than four times as many. Fuck. So it's no surprise that recruitment numbers are falling and uh, that the military is having to get creative with how it markets itself. Enter Twitch.tv, a direct line to the youth of today, where you can make military service look like nothing more than playing video games all day. Which in some cases is actually true, though the video game that you're playing has real-world consequences. Because it's not a video game, you're, you're using drones to strike people. Regardless, the government was ready to pour millions of dollars into marketing through streamers before this was all exposed. Uh, here's Vice with more on these latest updates. The U.S. Army allocated millions of dollars to sponsor a wide range of esports tournaments, individual high-profile Call of Duty streamers, and Twitch events in the last year to specifically grow its audience with Gen Z viewers, and especially women in black and Hispanic people, according to internal Army documents obtained by Motherboard. In many cases, the sponsorships ultimately did not happen. The Army ordered a stop to all spending with Call of Duty's publisher Activision after the company faced a wave of sexual harassment complaints. But the documents provide much greater insight into the Army goals and intentions behind its planned integrations with Call of Duty and other massive entertainment franchises. Quote, audience, Gen Z prospects, A18 to 24. One section of the documents read, focus on the growth of females, black and Hispanics. Motherboard obtained the documents through the Freedom of Information Act. And the reporting continues adding that the documents show that the U.S. military considered gaming and, in particular, Call of Duty as a potentially useful branding and recruiting tool. For example, the Army proposed using Twitch influencers to, quote, create original content videos showcasing the wide range of skill sets offered by the Army, and to use influencers to, quote, familiarize their fans on Army values and opportunities. The Army also wanted to throw tournaments that featured, quote, soldiers and top names in gaming. Another goal of the campaigns was to increase the Army's favorability in viewer surveys. Okay, uh, yeah, so the reporting goes into detail about certain events or activations that they were pouring money into, including this tidbit about the COD mobile game. The Army also planned to spend $200,000 on sponsoring the mobile version of Call of Duty, including with, quote, reward-based inventory. The documents suggest the campaign would provide in-game currency to players who viewed Army video ads. Wild. Uh, there's a lot They're more. Desperate. Yeah, there's I a lot it. more in their reporting, uh, and you should really read this entire article. It is, it is wild. Links to everything that we talk about, of course, are always in the description below, but goddamn. Goddamn. They're going to be showing up on, like, chat roulette soon enough. I'm surprised they haven't expanded this approach to, like, their actual, like, TV ads. Like, you know, have the all the army people parachuting out of the, the battle bus and then, like... Have you seen the... Where army? are we dropping, Sarge? Have you seen recruitment ads re recently? No. It is... They doing, like, dances out on the battlefield? Um, it's a... Uh, yeah. it, the, the narrative has changed quite drastically from... Uh, you know, your parents who have served like, and you... Be an army of one. Be all that you can be. All of the ads that I've seen recently, and again, this is because I watch a lot of sports, it's because, or it's the uh, teenager convincing their parent 
that it's going to be okay. Oh, that's fun. And it's like them on their computer uh, doing some like creative field, like uh, like doing Blender or something like that, and uh-huh. being like, you know, there's there's I have seen there's a jobs. company out yeah. there that'll pay me to to enhance my skills like this. And mom, you don't have to worry because I'm not gonna die. I'll be safely tucked away in a room somewhere in Virginia where I am uh, I love able to disconnect from the damage I'm causing. I love this form of recruiting because you you don't really have much control at all over. Uh, you know what you end up actually doing it's like no like and with the esports thing it's like you can't enlist in the army and be like all right so i'm getting sent to the esports team right they're like no no that's the no you fucking idiot that's also a huge pressure tactic that they do um once it's already quote unquote it's not too late but once it's too late to back out they the whole way through will talk about your position and the exact role that you'll have in the army and then they will get on the phone i swear to god because I fucking lived through it, they will get on the phone and be like, I don't know, that's a pretty in-demand field. I'm going to have to run this up the chain and make sure that we can make it available for you. But Mm -hmm. once my commanding officer gets on that phone, I mean, we're really pulling a lot of strings for you. It's going to make us look really bad. It's going to make you look really bad. If you don't, I swear to God, that is exactly what they did to me in high school. Damn. Well, good thing you didn't uh, take the bait. No. They need to make the ad like the old uh, like video game college ad. It's like, what's the next country America is going to bomb? You haven't bombed it yet. You haven't decided <laughs> it yet. Um, but yeah, look, it's been a pretty heavy episode, but we're going to end today's show on a lighter note because it feels as though, at least for some people, we have collectively reached the end of capitalism. And the only way to know if you're worth anything at all is to shamelessly brag about how rich you are. Actually, don't do that because you look like a total piece of shit. But yeah. that doesn't matter to these people because their narcissism knows no bounds. And there's finally an art installation for them down in Miami's beautiful Art Basel. Art Basel is like the funniest uh, world art event because it pretty much exclusively attracts the worst people. Like these types of rich assholes. Yes. Like it's less about the art. And even the art that is on display there that I've seen fucking sucks. The banana? It's all just like weird shit that like someone has managed to like con their way into a certain section of rich people thinking they're cool and like, hey, more power to them. But like, it's not good looking art. Confidence gets you so fucking far. Yeah. Miami is just a, a hellhole. Oh place. my God. Did you see the, the they, Miami clubs that are going out of business because they don't have any crypto money coming another, in? It's, it's just like, it's like the, the cocaine boom bust all over again. It really is. When, when, they, when the cartels, uh, when they finally started intercepting those planes coming in from the Caribbean, a whole uh, a, a ripple effect happened in Miami. Entire industries were uh, no it longer is, able to sustain themselves. It's actually... And now with crypto gone, it's happening again. It is insane that uh, through decades of hard work, Florida has made itself a living experiment for like what America could be if left to its own yeah. devices. And specifically, the southern fucking tip of Florida, not counting the keys, is like, it's distilled even more. Whereas like, what if what if everyone was on cocaine? All right, let's try it for like a decade. What if, what we if had, everyone, all the crypto weirdos came here? What if giant apartment complexes just never got inspected? Yeah, and we're like literally feet from the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it, it's crazy. But finally, Finally, because of Art Basel and because of Miami, we have a very real, very truthful dick measuring contest that is available for the whole world to see. Presenting the ATM leaderboard by Mischief. 
Oh, mischief. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, this okay. is actual art. They are yeah. a brand that specializes in fucking with reality. Yeah. Um, uh, th this is an ATM machine where anyone can walk up, scan their debit card, and see where they stand against other Art Basel attendees as far as liquidity is concerned. That's the funniest part about this. Yes, they. these are all people who are keeping uh, obscene amounts of money in, in their a, checking account. In their checking account, which is like the most exposed way possible. It's the, like just the most baby-brained way to like and store your money. waving a flag at, yeah. at, at this uh, fucking art fair. <laughs> it is quite simply a working ATM with a computerized scoreboard attached. You put your bank card in, withdraw whatever cash you need, and the machine takes a photo of you and adds it, along with your name and account balance, to a scrolling leaderboard with the person who has the most money on top. As of yesterday, however, Art News reported that since Diplo topped the leaderboard with $3 million, his score has been surpassed twice already. Number two is someone with a $5 million account balance, while number one is $9 million. God only knows why anyone would need that much cash in checking. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Why do you need that much liquidity? Because these people are showing off. And I love so much that uh, this outlet refused to name the two people who were yeah. in first and second. Because you know those people are searching every fucking bit of coverage about this to see if their goddamn name's in it. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they're like, hey, I'm some fucking weirdo, some guy, random guy, nine million, huh, big deal. These are all t dudes trying to get laid, too. Yeah. Like, hey, uh, I need to get money out of the ATM. Hey, uh, there's an ATM I, right here. Didn't nah. I see you on the leaderboard? It's it is like the the tactic that is as old as time where people will uh, uh, get like their uh, ATM balance or whatever and then like leave it in their wallet or like leave oh, it, geez. Oh, or like it fell out. Yes, this is like a, a dickhead yeah. like New York's uh, stock exchange guy move from the 80s. Like, eh. but anyways, it is a, they do make a good point at the end. And it's a learning moment for anyone who does carry a positive balance, which is increasingly rare in this country. But for anyone who does, first up, Great job. You're doing better than a significant portion of the country. Second, don't put all your money in your checking account. <laughs> no, don't do that. At the very least, keep it in savings. And also, if you are a responsible person, and only if you are sure that you are a responsible person, check your credit score, you should not use your debit card everywhere. You should use a credit card that you do pay off in full every month. Yeah. It builds credit, and it also takes the fraud liability off of your shoulders for the most part. It's... You're spending someone else's money. They're gonna fight to get it back. Yeah. When you uh, when your debit card gets stolen at the gas station, that's on you, buddy. Uh, now, having said all that, there is literally nothing positive that comes from a dick measuring contest at Art Basel. Everyone looks like an asshole, but that's kind of the point. Yeah. And with mischief behind this, that is the point. Yeah, it's an interesting social experiment. Yeah. But speaking of financial responsibility, guess what I got today? My Stadia refund in full. Oh. So everyone's like, oh, let's make fun of Ricky for trying out the new tech for his job with a tech show. Oh, we're going to mock Ricky incessantly online and make him feel bad. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, well, guess what, buddy? Despite having the money held up for however many years it's been, I got a 4K Chromecast, a Bluetooth game controller, the and my $140 back. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that. I guess that worked out. Yeah. So... That, there you go. Don't put your money in a checking account. Put it in uh, <laughs> Google Stadia where it's hair, safe. Hairbrained products from Google that they're definitely going to discontinue <laughs> Look, at the first opportunity. Google did a great job at holding on to that money for me because yeah. I would have spent it. Right. I would have spent it. You would have put it in the stock market and pff, have you seen the, that graph? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do you want Google to hold on to your money in its Stadia account or do you want to put your money into Google and have it vanish in the year 2022? This is why the best way 
better than checking or savings is um, you just keep all your money in GameStop pre-orders. You yes. just pre-order everything. And when you need money, you go down and you cancel your pre-order. They give you the money. Yes. As far you as don't you don't even can, need a bank. Literally, as far as you can be away from any money you have is the best thing possible. Yeah. There you go. Um, but anyways, I got my money back and I got a free controller and a Chromecast out of it. So Does fuck you, buddy. Does that controller even like work? It's a Bluetooth. Oh, okay. Right. Would I want to uh, play with it anywhere in public that people would see that I owned a Stadia at one point? Well, now maybe. Yeah. That's a piece of video game history. It is. Uh, anyways, that's it for today's episode. We do, of course, have more coming up for you, and uh, it'll be up soon. So uh, in the meantime, check out our most recent episode of Weekly Weird News and a most recent episode of News Dump right over there. Um, guess what? All of the likes, all of the comments... It's working. It actually fucking works. You're doing it. I hate to say it, but interaction on videos actually it works. It only took us like eight years to finally like actually test it out. But yeah, it actually works. It works. You're doing wow. a wonderful job. We we uh, flew past 230,000 subscribers. So smash that like button. Uh, leave a so comment hard. for engagement. Uh, Look, subscribe. I, I get annoyed by uh, this kind of shit too, but I'm sorry. It works. Yeah. It right. really works. Damn it. So watch all of our other videos, like the video, comment, do all that stuff, and uh, have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.